This is Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda. I'm Johnny Hart talking to Oanda's senior market analysts across the world. Let's join Craig Earlham in London. Good afternoon, Craig. Good afternoon, mate. How are you? Very well, thank you. Let's start with a look at what was making the headlines over the weekend in the Financial Times. And I was drawn to an interesting article about the global bond market rally since the start of this year. Well, the FT is suggesting that this record-breaking run has fizzled out as we've got many signs of persistent inflation forcing investors to reverse their views on what we think is going to be the likely path of interest rate rises. It's something that we've been talking about consistently, both uh, with you and with Ed Moyer over the last month or so. There has been a major sea change since the start of the year, hasn't there? Yeah, but I mean, I don't know why people are overly surprised because the moves that we saw in January in the markets, they were extremely optimistic and they weren't exactly built on very solid foundations and in much the same way that what we're seeing now feels overly pessimistic. And it goes back to something we said over and over again, which was the path to peak inflation seemed very linear and very aggressive. The path back to 2% was never going to be the same. It was always going to be full of challenges. There was always going to be some stubbornness. There was always going to be headwinds. And there was always going to be some good data and some bad data. And as a result, we were going to continue to see big fluctuations in sentiment. What I find interesting right now is that we're kind of seeing fluctuations within different markets, but they're not necessarily all aligned. And I find that quite interesting. And that's where this story that you've just alluded to does ring true. In the bond markets, so we're seeing one story. And in the equity markets, we're seeing a lagged story, by which I mean bond markets have effectively corrected all of January's moves and to some extent a little bit more. In the space of a month, we've gone from markets pricing in maybe one more rate hike in the US in March and then maybe a couple of rate cuts later on in the year to pricing in three rate hikes in the US over the next three meetings and no more this year and maybe even 50 basis points at the meeting in a few weeks' time. That's a massive shift because we've had a really hot jobs report, a really hot retail sales report, and a stubborn inflation report, both from the CPI basis and now, as of last Friday, the PC basis, where we saw strong income as well. And the other economic data has been also uh, ringing true in that it's saying that the economy is showing incredible resilience. Now, what we've got to remember from this is all of this data represents January. And January was an unseasonably warm month and came after two months in which we had unseasonably cold weather and that had a negative effect on the economic data. So it suggests to me that January probably is more of an anomaly than the bond markets are currently reflecting, but the bond markets are reflecting to the economic data and to the central bank speak. Then you look at the equity markets and they've shrugged off a lot of this. Late last week, we saw a bit of a sell-off, but they've shrugged off a lot of this. So it seems that equity investors are willing to look past this one month of data too much, arguably, and bond markets are extremely reactive to it. So I do think it is going to even out. And the good thing is, before the next Fed meeting in a few weeks' time, there's a lot more data to come that could help to iron out some of this data and create a clearer idea on the trajectory on which we're on because that setback in January has really had a big impact on the mentality going into the next few months, Fed meetings, especially, like I say, in bond markets, in commodity markets, more so than equity markets. So we've got another inflation report, we've got another retail sales report, we've got another jobs report. Hopefully we'll have a much better idea by then whether this is signs of a stubborn trend in the data or whether 
January was the anomaly that I still think it probably was. That's not to say there isn't going to be some stubbornness, but I think the level to which we've seen that stubbornness in January, I don't think is reflective of where we actually currently stand. And I think the markets will therefore adjust on the basis of that. But bond markets in particular have been very active to the economic data which we have seen. And as far as rates are concerned, Craig, at the moment, it looks like there's a chance they could go over 6%, but I suspect it's going to be somewhere in between. Yeah, so the markets are pricing in peak rate from the Fed to be around 5.4%. From the ECB, the peak rate is seen being around 3.75, maybe slightly higher. The Bank of England is around 4.75 at this point in time. So still very high but not quite uh, as high as we could potentially see if the economic data over the next few weeks is quite poor. And like I said, I think that's still probably going to be higher than it actually will ultimately be. I may change my mind if we get February data that tells a similar tale to the January data. But at this point in time, like I said, there's a lot of pessimism in these bond markets and you can see that reflected in these terminal rates, which are currently now being priced into rate markets. The difficulty that central banks have is they have to stick to the hawkish message. So we have a bad January set of data and we've got a very hawkish central bank speak to contend with and they have to stick to this message because even if that January data was good, they would have probably stuck to that message. The central banks don't want to feed the narrative that leads to looser financial conditions because what's the point in tightening monetary policy if you're sending the message that you're going to be undoing that soon enough? The markets will undo a segment of it. The Fed and other central banks want to know they have achieved their goal, they've defeated inflation, and then you will see, I think, a sudden change of tone and language. They're not going to do that now. So before we had the data to back up this narrative that, okay, the Fed's saying this, but the data's saying this. Well, that January data is now more aligned with the Fed, and that's why the markets are more aligned with the Fed. We'll see how this next month goes, but I think March is going to be such a crucial month now for these markets because the January data, which came in February, really was a massive setback. And now that makes March all the more critical. Despite the pessimism, we're seeing a bit of a rally today in Europe so far, around about 1.5% up on Friday, just looking at the DAX, 1.48% up as we speak. Uh, less so here in the UK, uh, the FTSE is still under 1%. But what is behind this uh, rise to start the week? Well, I think this kind of just feeds back to what we've been talking about, to be honest. I mean, there is this kind of relentless optimism that still exists in equity markets, and maybe that will set back towards the end of last week. We're seeing a little bit of that undone. I do think equity investors are more willing to look through that January data than others are, and that may come back to bite them, but it may not. And I think today we're seeing we've had a couple of bad days in the markets and we're seeing it now uh, rebounding some of that. There isn't a huge amount of actual fundamental news or change behind it. This is a very quiet start to the week in terms of economic data releases, in terms of major news flow. And therefore, there hasn't really been anything obvious that you could say, well, actually, the, the, the these markets are rebounding because European private loans have bounced back 3.6% or Australian company operating profits are stronger than forecast. These are the kind of data points which we've had out today, tier three data. There's been no tier one or tier two data that we could really say is a driving force behind this. There's no big company earnings which are behind this. There's no big fundamental news. Uh, that you, you could say is behind it. So I do think it's partly technical and I think it's partly just this relentless enthusiasm that we can so often uh, see from equity investors. And I think many of them are banking on that January data, as I said earlier, being a blip. 
So that's the start of the week, Craig. What lies in store for the rest? So it's a funny old week, to be honest. It's one of the few Fridays, first Fridays in a month, doesn't have a jobs report. So we have to wait another week for that. But we do have a lot of economic data. It's just mostly tier two, tier three data. So you're going to see a lot of economic releases throughout the week. But most of it, I think, will be kind of brushed aside. There's a couple of things that stand out, like the euro area flash uh, HICP inflation data. That could be one. We've got a few PMI numbers like the ISM PMIs from the US, which is going to be of interest. But broadly speaking, now we are looking ahead to the rest of March, to those jobs reports and those inflation reports, to the Federal Reserve and the ECB, to the Bank of England. For the last week, there's been a bit more focus on the Bank of Japan again because of the new nominee for the governor of the Bank of Japan position. But the rhetoric which we heard from them on Friday and again, first thing this morning, it was really aligned with what we've heard from his predecessor uh, and what we've heard for many months now coming from the Bank of Japan, this idea that a lot of the inflation that they're seeing is cost push and that they don't believe it's sustainable and they therefore think that they've got the appropriate policy toolkit uh, in place to deal with it and to try and drive higher inflation, that they may need some tweaks, etc. going forward. But broadly speaking, that there is a new governor doesn't represent a new shift, which is something that the markets, I think, were hoping to see. So we could see more focus also on any further comments that he has in respect to Japanese monetary policy and that could have influences for the yen because I think to an extent there was hope or expectation that this could be the start of a hawkish pivot but the commentary we've got would suggest otherwise. So central bank speak in general, uh, but there has been a heightened focus on Japan. But central bank speak in general, I think, is going to be another focal point for these markets because we need a better idea of just how bad this is going to get, how high are these interest rates going to get and when you've got such an absence of big data points and big central bank meetings and earnings then you are clinging on to that central bank speak so i think that's going to be another case this week okay craig thanks very much for joining us today we'll speak to you again soon thank you market insights the market pulse podcast by oanda 